0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Bravo, East Coast Housewives. I'm your main bitch, Kim. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. Inions, guys. Okay, so I didn't really want to get into a lot of topics off of my Housewives of Potomac in New York City because there's a lot of shit that literally just went down this past week and I'm obsessed and scared and excited and all of those emotions. However... My mom sent me a little text from, uh, let me see, where'd she send it to me from? Radar, RadarOnline.com. Okay, honeys. Now, what does it say here? Producer set to axe Ramona Singer from Real Housewives of New York after a disastrous season. She sent me that. Let me see here what it says. Ah, following Kelly Dodd getting fired from the upcoming season of Orange County, Bravo's turning to the New York girls, the only original New York cast member who has never left from day one is Ramona Singer, but now her time is up. This is what the source tells Radar online, of course. How much? I mean, seriously, can you even believe that shit? I have no idea. I really personally don't think that they'll get rid of her. I don't. She is a staple to the franchise for sure. If they do get rid of her, they'll be able to make it. I'm sure they'll be fine because they have some strong ass characters in there. Ebony to be one of them. Hello. She is ruling all of the shit. Okay. She's killing it. Sonia's still there. She's killing it, being her Sonia self. We love her. Luann, Cabaret hasn't started yet, but it will, and we'll be back on the Cabaret bus. We hate Cabaret. We want to go to Palm Beach. Let's go to Cabaret, Palm Beach, Palm Beach. You get what I'm saying. Now, what does it say here? It says, this is quote from Radar Online, people. Okay, so Ramona will not be invited back to the next season of the show, which is currently not in production for a couple of reasons. One... She is too expensive. Erica Jane expensive. Okay. <laughs> she is the only lady that has been on the show from day 1 and her salary reflects it. Well, she can't be making that much because I mean she's obviously making a lot, but she can't be making more than Candy because Candy's the number 1 paid housewife. So there is that. So, I'm not really sure. So, uh, the same person added, and I quote, Plus, the basic premise of the show doesn't work anymore. A bunch of older white women behaving badly was fun a decade ago, but not today. The world has changed, and if the show wants to survive another decade, it must change too, and that starts with the cast. Well, listen, I agree and disagree with that at the same time. I agree that there needs to be some shake-up you know, shaken, not stirred, stirred, shaken, whatever you want. I do love the changes that they have been making long overdue for sure. I do say, though, we already have soft spots for the OGs of each cast. And I'm not just talking about New York. I'm talking about all of the franchises. Okay, like people are still missing NeNe. I'm missing NeNe. People are still missing Sharice. Well, I don't know. I'm missing Sharice. I don't know if anyone else is. <laughs> People are missing Tamra in the OC. I am for the show, but maybe not. I don't know. You you all know my stance with uh Tamra. But I feel like there is a lot of truth to that. But I also feel like because we are so emotionally invested in the shows, this is probably why you're listening to this podcast, hopefully. Or maybe you just like hearing me. Okay. Uh, shut up, Kim. Humble fucking shut up. Okay. So, yeah, we'll just have to see where it goes. I don't think she's gonna get fired. I think that's just all a bunch of shit. But what do Yin's guys think? I'm anxious to hear your thoughts. But also, this is the biggest thing before I pressed the record button here, okay? So apparently this is on the IG, okay? Let me see here. Da-da-da. Saw this on Instagram handle Reality Wind Down. Okay, who I guess posted it from, reposted it from somewhere else. uh, by way of Best of Bravo. That's their Instagram handle. So Reality Wind Down, Best of Bravo. Go follow them. Yay! It says here Naomi and Matul. Yes, Southern Charm fans, listen up. They have broken up after he allegedly cheated on her. What the fuck? Okay. They had just moved to New York City together. Yes, we know that because she even put on her fucking Instagram that she needed to make new friends because she didn't know anyone. The bitch didn't know anyone in New York. Oh, oh, this gets, oh, this is so intense. So they just moved to New York together and they have unfollowed each other on Instagram. Oh my God, honeys, you know that they're broken up. Hello, hello, oh. Rumors are saying that she's back in Charleston. Is this fucking true? I am sweating. Like, I literally have, like, armpit sweat right now. And I'm wearing a gray shirt. So you can see fucking through right now. Like, I'm so... What? This is crazy. (sighs) So those are the two main things that I wanted to talk about. Which is basically what the Bravo-ish. I didn't really want to do any of that. But these were so hot pieces of information that I had to let it out to you guys. But now... We're going to go to the main events, of course, of my beautiful ladies of New York, and then we will get into the premiere of Potomac, honey, they're back in the pee, honey, back in the pee. But we're going to do our New York City gals first. So, New York, we start with Leah calling up all her closest girlfriends, right, Ramona? Calling up all the ladies, inviting them. Hey, bitches, we're going to Salem. Get in the car, essentially is what she says. <laughs> so she's setting up a trip for Salem, Massachusetts. You know, she's all into the uh, witchy, witchy, bitchy, bitchy, you know, that kind of shit. Cool. She wants all the ladies to get their minds off of all this crazy shit going on, a.k.a. the election. So she's like, yeah, let's do this. It'll be a lot of fun. There's some creepy shit. It'll be a good time. Let's do it. So everyone's doing that, getting the phone call. Then we're going to fast forward to Ramona. She meets up with the newbie, Brashan at some bistro or something in the city. And they're reflecting on the Harlem Hang with Ebony. And it was interesting the way that Ramona was bringing it up, if you ask me. She wanted to get brishan's thoughts on the whole evening. And I almost feel like she was kind of setting herself Up, meaning Bershon. I felt like she was setting Bershon up to see if she would say really what Ramona herself was thinking. This is just my own opinion. I could be totally batshit wrong. So, Bershon said that Ebony was kind of long winded with the whole thing and she appreciated what she did because it seemed like Ebony wanted to teach the girls. So, I think Ramona wanted her to be the one that said it first. So she wouldn't have to be the one that said it first. I hope that makes sense because that's it makes sense in my head with what I'm saying. But I feel like she wanted someone else to dog uh, Ebony's whole Harlem night before she did. So no one would attack her. That's just what I think. Now, also, I thought that was really interesting, too, whenever she was talking about her vertigo and when they flashed back on Luann asking, can you show us your vertigo? Can you even do that? Can you show, like my mom has vertigo and I don't think she's ever done that to me. Like that that's kind of confusing to me. I didn't really get it. After the whole Bershon and Roro hangout, uh, we see Ebony going into this van, going to Philly with Sonia because they're gonna set Sonia up with her matchmaker to try to get her a boo, to try to get her a man. Sonia in the car is trying to tell her the stuff that she looks for in a guy at this point in her life. She's not really looking for friends with benefits anymore. She wants a commitment. And while she's talking about that, Ebony also brings up the fact that, you know, Luann and Ramona can kind of be assholes to you. And, you know, Sonia's just sort of reflecting on that, saying, yeah, I don't really like the way that they treat me sometimes and all this kind of stuff. Then Ebony opens up to Sonia, talking to her about the night that she had at Ramona's house, Whenever Ebony was simply just asking Ramona's opinion about where everything was going with the election, and then of course you had Roro freak the fuck out because she doesn't want to talk about politics, religion, creed. That's what she said, right? I think that's the three things. She just didn't want to talk about that shit because it makes her uncomfortable because clearly we can see that she didn't really agree with the political view, I'm assuming, with where Ebony stood. So she didn't want to talk about it. And we saw it. Ramona kind of freaked the fuck out. So Ebony was reflecting that to Sonia and saying, hey, I thought it it was kind of weird. Like, I was just trying to get her to tell me where she stood on the issue. And she just avoided it and walked away. And she almost walked out of her own house. Like, bitch, what the fuck? So after that little moment in the car, everyone's packing up for Salem. This was interesting to me when Luann was trying to get her shit with her assistant situated, and there was a hat. I think she was laying out hats on her bed. Luann's like, "No, I don't. You can't do that. It's bad luck. It's bad luck." Well, here's the thing, Luann, and I think I I reached out to the Housewives on Display gals, Jay and Jay, about this because they put something on their story, and I said something like. I don't know why that matters to Luann right now. I mean, she's already been through hell, you know. Why why does it matter that she needs to put a hat? And then I think they said something like, yeah, well, I think there was a hat on her bed whenever the whole Tom like thing happened in Miami or Palm Beach or whatever. So I was just like, LOL for that. So I need to go back to that season whenever it wasn't about Tom and see if there was a hat on the fucking bed. Eventually, we're getting to the tour bus here. The tour bus to Salem. This is a a pretty quick recap, if you will, for New York, just because I feel like there's more to talk about with Potomac because it was the premiere. So they're on the tour bus to Salem. Sonia's then talking to Luann and Bershon about wanting a vibrator. She wants a vibrator. I mean, who wouldn't? They're great. She says to both the girls that she's looking for a commitment, not just friends with benefits anymore, which is probably why she's... Looking for a vibrator because she just doesn't want to hit it. I guess. I also could be wrong. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, But she says sex for men. No, sex for Sonia. So that's cute. (laughs) We see that Bershon opens up a little bit about herself, and we find out that she had she's thirteen years cancer-free, which is fucking great. Good for you. That is amazing. She told Sonia and Luann that she was diagnosed with cancer two weeks before her wedding. But she also, we find out too that she got divorced as well. She got divorced from a British banker. So she also married the bank, but uh, in a different way. So she wasn't like Sonia, but she kind of was at the same time. So we hear a little bit about her divorce. And of course, those three women have a lot in common because they've all been divorced and Luann twice. So there's that. Then we get to Leah coming on the tour bus. This is when they're driving. I think she woke up from a nap or something. So she comes over to the girls who are up and is like, hey, we're going to do this latex and leather party, this dinner, and there's gonna it's going to be in a tattoo parlor, so it's going to be really cool. Let's get tattoos, blah, blah, blah. She wants to let the girls know what the hell is going to happen because she just doesn't want to give them any type of crazy-ass surprises where they're going to freak the fuck out, Ramona. then eventually what happens? We get to the Hawthorne Hotel, which was built in 1925. Uh, Super freaky. Uh, Then we learn, but we should already know, even though I'm not the best history buff, but I do know about the Salem Witch Trials. Okay. So 1692, the Salem Witch Trials occurred. There were spiritual encounters. So this hostess lady of the hotel says, so there have been spiritual encounters in this hotel. And I guess during this time... When the Salem Witch Trials were happening, 20 people fucking died. 20 people died. I don't she didn't stay in the hotel because that would be freaking freaky. Like if that happened, I would never stay. No. No, thank you. No thank you. So, the girls go to their room. <laughs> this was awesome. Ramona is in room 612, which is the <laughs> most haunted room. <laughs> Oh, my God, Leah, I hope you did that on purpose. But even if you didn't, that's fucking gold. That is so gold. Oh, my God, it couldn't be more perfect. We learned that from the hostess lady as well, that it was the most haunted room. And then you see Luanne in her room getting her big ass thing of sage. She wanted to sage up the room because she wanted to make sure that good good spirits would come to her. As opposed to evil spirits. And she said hey maybe I'll get lucky. Well listen to this Luann. I feel like you wanted to be like fucking. Ape. Was her name Ape? No. Who's the fucking girl in um, Ghostbusters? Dana. You wanted to be like Dana from Ghostbusters. Where she's like consumed by the fucking Zool thing. And you like float on the sky. And you yeah. That's what I thought of whenever you said. That you wanted to get lucky by a good spirit. <sighs> I thought that was funny. So the ladies get ready for their dinner, latex and leather. And funny moment here when Ebony is looking all good. All the ladies look good. Then we see Ebony do a little twerk. Okay, this was funny because okay, Boomer, as Leah would say, <laughs> Sonia said, <laughs> Sonia said, ah, oh, you can tweet. I th- what I heard my ear said tweet. I thought I heard her say tweet as opposed. She definitely didn't say twerk or else Leah wouldn't have said, okay, Boomer. But, you know, Ebony, you can tweet. You can twerk. Okay, you're doing it. You're doing it. I just thought that was funny. Oh, you can tweet. (sighs) So the tattoo dinner looked really, really fun. It was really, really elegant looking. There were a lot of different people there as far as like dressed. There were two guys that were dressed up. Sonia was like super in love with both of them. She's like, I'm not scared of these two. I think they're really cute. So she's liking the twins. She's going away from her matchmaker person in Philly. She's trying to get some for herself. You go, Sonia. You do your thing. While they're eating, Sonia is telling the girls, well, they're at the dinner table. While they're there, Sonia's telling the girls about her matchmaking experience with Ebony and Philly. And she kind of sets this up. She definitely does. But it was great and uh, it was necessary. And she says, you know, Ebony and I had a great time. We did a lot of girl talk. It wasn't what it usually is with her. And then Bershon's like, wait, what? What do you mean by that? And then Sonia was explaining, you know, when Ebony first joined the group, she wanted to really let us know about who she is and what her platform and mission on the Black Lives Matter movement and just the election and politics and all that kind of shit. She wanted to let the ladies know where she stood on all of that because it's important to her. Clearly, we've seen that it was very uncomfortable for most of those girls And Sonia sets up the dialogue for that on how the women were thinking that Ebony was always being preachy and very teachy with everything that she was saying. Luann comes in her confessional and says, what the fuck? Sonia's stirring the pot. And we never said any of that. But I mean, if you look at the footage there, you might have not said verbatim exactly what Sonia said, but we could all, I mean, it's on the tape. Rewind the tape. We saw it. You guys were uncomfortable. And guess what? That's still okay. You can be uncomfortable, but open up your goddamn ears. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my goodness. And Ebony just comes back to the night with Ramona on how she freaked the fuck out and almost left her own house, for crying out loud. And she's like, I did not even know. Like, none of you guys told me any of this shit that you thought I was teaching and preaching and all this shit. Like, I don't want you guys to think that at all. I want to let you know what I think about these certain topics. And... I also, Ramona, I just wanted to see where you stood on that issue. I did not know it was going to be this crazy ass thing. I just wanted to see what you were about with that because I'm interested to know. And there ain't nothing wrong with that, Ebony, that's for sure. Let her express herself freely, like what the fuck? So after Ebony says that she wants to express herself freely, we have... Luann now confused on why and how Ebony thinks that the girls could be lined up with white supremacy. And what is she really accusing us of? That's what Luanne's trying to figure the fuck out. Like, why are you putting my name with white supremacy? Luann, relax. You need to listen to what she's saying. You're just having this trigger buzzword right now to freak you the fuck out. Like, oh my God, I'm not part of white supremacy. Like, just listen to what she has to say. But of course, none of them really want to do that. So I'm not going to say none of them. I would say. Ramona and Luann are having the hardest time to to let that soak in to their brains, so to speak. Ramona then comes in and says, well, you know what, Ebony? I feel like you have been so preachy about every little thing that you say. Like, anytime that we get together with you, you're always so damn preachy. Like, I can't be around that all the time. And then she kind of threw Bershon in there. That, that was something. Ramona even said, even Bershon thinks that you're really preachy with that. First of all, Ramona, mind your own fucking business. Don't bring other people in the conversation. Like, that just, why do you do that? That made me mad. That irritated me. Then Leah tries to step in and s- tries to tell these ladies what the whole point of everything was that has been going on. Leah's saying that, Ebony, there's so much pressure on her being the first black woman in the group, and then just her being herself on the day-to-day because she's black. Like, we have no fucking idea. So Leah's trying to explain that to the women and they're just not, they're not receiving it. They're not receiving it the way that they should. And again, that's very frustrating too. And clearly we're seeing the fragility that some of these women are having, Ramona especially. So, and I think that's part of the, I don't know. Could that be part of the reason why this article coming out about her, about her getting fired from the show? Who knows? Maybe. I don't know. So with this whole thing being uncomfortable for Ramona, she's super ignorant, and then she just tries to dance away to the bathroom because she doesn't want to deal with it. And then Ebony's like, no, you're not going to go anywhere because you're strong. You're strong, Ramona. You can sit down. See, this is why This is why I fucks with Ebony, okay? This is why... Ebony, be my friend. I want to be your friend because you are a queen. You're a fucking queen. You're a badass bitch, and... Let me tell you this, I'm pretty sure you're intimidating all of those girls in your cast. Minus Leah. I don't think she's afraid of you, but I think the other women are. That's just that's just my own thoughts, just because you're a badass bitch. Towards the end of the episode, Brashawn comes in and talks to Ebony about her delivery um, and says, you know what, Ebony, I do I, I understand what you were trying to do at the Harlem night, and I thought it was cool, but your delivery kind of comes off to be a bit preachy and a bit teachy. And the way that Ebony just receives it is how you should do it. Ramona. She says, okay, I I hear you. I hear you. Thank you for telling me that. She wasn't, what? I gotta go to the bathroom? She didn't do any of that shit. You know why? Because she's a motherfucking adult. She's not a child. And she knows how to deal with shit. So... That's another reason why I fucks with Ebony. (laughs) Or I would because I don't fucking know her. Whatever. Oh, my gosh. So Ebony then says in her confessional that clearly Bershon and herself don't have the same stance with these certain issues. And she's fine with it. She accepts it, but she doesn't agree. And you know what? That's where we're left off with that. Ebony is then trying to explain to these women that she just wants to exist in this world as a liberated woman. So that's what she's trying to tell these ladies. Like, can't you give that to her? Like, what the fuck? Then Ramona says, oh, well, you know what? You, you what, What's wrong with your life? You have a really good life. Like, look what you're doing with your life. Like, I want your life. I want... So there she goes. She's, she's shifting it around to make it about herself. I can't... It's bad. It's bad. It's a bad look. And Ramona is really just, unfortunately right now, Ebony is talking to a wall because Ramona, for whatever reason, just doesn't want to accept shit. And it's very, it's hard to watch. And it makes me sad and it makes me angry. But that's what she's doing. And she's not really understanding the point. So I think she needs to get her head out of the clouds and the stick out of her ass to really be open to hear what other people have to say. Particularly Ebony. That's basically how the episode ended. It was definitely a heavy, a heavy little um, scene at the end. But again, as I said, it was very necessary. I think it was important to see as viewers. Hopefully, all the gals can move on from this and have a good time in Salem and and do their shit because some freaky ass shit happens there. We'll see. Now let's get to the premiere of the Potomac bitches holy shit an hour and 15 minutes that they gave us on Sunday fucking yes I mean yes it it was everything it made my day Mia I got lots of uh thoughts on her that I'm trying to figure out I'm I'm simmering my stance with her so let's get to Potomac shall we so yins guys I feel like I feel like From now until Potomac's over for this season, I feel like I should start by always singing something just because we can kind of get in touch that this is Potomac, that it's here and that, you know, I'm basically doing a Candace. Hello. (laughs) I don't know why that makes me laugh so much, but it does. So I think I might do this. So just be prepared because it'll be fun. Premiere of Potomac Babies. Okay, you see, the producers asked the gals to describe in one word last season. The word that we got, of course, it came from Giselle. Toxic. Cue Britney Spears with a free Britney, by the way. Okay, free Britney. So yes, toxic was the word. Then we saw the whole little rehash of last year with the big main events. Drag me, Monique! Drag me! And uh, word on the street, Jamal's all pastor holy whore. Cheating on you, Giselle. So it was that kind of shit too. And then it just sort of, it starts, I mean, it was definitely an eye grabber, okay? And this is all props to you, Wendy. Great work, honey. Great work. But it was very odd at the same time. So Wendy is setting up, she's in like her fur coat and shit, her husband's filming her, and then all of a sudden she just fucking strips off that coat, and then the video gets all dark, and it's just like her silhouette and shit, and you know she's dancing exotically and like, hey, look at me, and this is all for a fucking text invite to her house for Basically, one reason, and I don't want to say that right now just because I want to wait until we actually get there, but I think it's hilarious. I think it's kind of ridiculous, and it's comical to me, but I appreciate and love everything that you did, Wendy. I thought it was great, but I'm also low-key making fun of it at the same time, (laughs) but that's okay. You left an impression on me, so thank you. So she sends an exotic nude interlude invite to all the gals because she basically wants to uh, showcase herself. I'll let you guys think about what I mean by that because I'm sure you've all seen the episode. If not, then I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it till we get there. So after that, we see Juan and Robin. They are buying a new house. Super cool. And then we see that Candace and Chris bought a new house. Then from there, we see Ashley is pregnant with baby number two. And it's crazy because little baby Dean got huge. He's such a big boy now. It's crazy. And uh, yes, he still looks like Michael. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'll let Yin's guys decide. So it's interesting, too, that whenever we see her, she's literally 10 days before she's about to pop out baby number two. I thought it was kind of interesting that she even showed up to Wendy's house for her nude interlude party. I would have I would have said, nope, I'm not going. And I probably would have had a shit ton of ice cream at the same time. Just because I like ice cream. I mean, who doesn't? We find out, ugh, this is making me nervous now. So Ashley's talking to Michael about what's going on and shit with the baby and how she hasn't really been motivated to have sex, I guess, with him lately. And then we see her tell the producers that, her and Michael haven't had sex for about four months. And then she's kind of talking about, yeah, in my mind, I'm like, uh, is he going to cheat on me? And uh, But I think we're approaching everything differently. <sighs> Ashley, I sure hope so. Because I do not want to hear. Michael and I are stronger than ever. I don't want to hear that this season. I don't want to hear it. I want to see it, Michael. So after that, we go to Candace's house. Yes, we're going to the, uh, house. And, uh, Candace welcomes Giselle over to her house. She's the first out of all the girls to see her house. Am I shocked by that? No, I'm actually not because she's still pissed off at Karen. I don't think she's that close with Robin. Oh, you know what? I'm surprised that she didn't ask Wendy first because she's the one that brought Wendy into the group. I don't know. Maybe she looks at Giselle as, like, the maternal figure for her now because... She's not really looking at Karen that way, and from what I recall, I think Giselle and Karen are the oldest. I think Giselle's only 50. I'm not really sure, but I know I know Karen, I believe she might be in her mid-50s or something like that. Not that that matters. Holy shit, I feel like I'm acting like Mia because I can't do fucking simple math. Oh my God. We'll get to that later too. I like this moment in Candice's house because we are meeting her stepchildren, and As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, you know what? This is going to be really good because now we can all see Candace flip a different role here as opposed to the Candace that we all know. We can kind of see her bring in her maternal instincts. Hopefully she has some. And I'm interested to see the dynamic of her and her stepchildren and i really am happy that they are capturing that moment on tv for us to view it i mean already i've seen a little different side of her so i hope that continues and i think that will that will allow people to bring her back to their good graces in a way i don't know could i be bullshitting maybe i'm not really sure but that's 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 what's coming out of my mouth right now i do have to say though just because this episode is doing like dual shows and it's kind of hard to do each little segment, I'm kind of combining everything. So (laughs) with my quotes, we all know that I love my quotes. I didn't really hear a lot of quotes from New York that I really enjoyed thoroughly, so I didn't write any. But I do have to say Giselle is stepping up her game, honey, with the quotes. I mean, I was even looking for that shit from Margaret this past season for Jersey, but she disappointed. Let me tell you that. I was very upset. But Giselle is making up for all of the other women. Thank you. Ah, What does she say? (laughs) She says this about Candace's house. (laughs) She says, thank you, Lord. I mean, Candace is a good 48 years old. Finally, she did it. And then she basically says, man, I'm so bad. I'm so bad. (laughs) She is throwing that shade already. She is the shade monster. Yes, yes. The green eyed bandit, green eyed monster. You know, she is, she is my professor. Sorry, Dr. Wendy. She is my professor at the shade, shade university, honey. Okay. And I am getting a master's in shade and Giselle is my professor. Thank you so much and i'm excited to take my pop quizzes <laughs> so stupid <laughs> okay and candace is showing giselle the rooms around the house and then we get to of course mama dorothy's room holy shit why the fuck does she have a cardboard cutout of herself in her room that's fucking weird miss dorothy that's that's ego vain you're so vain like what you probably think this podcast is about you, but it's not. But just this second in time, it is. It's weird. I thought that was weird. kind of disturbed me a little bit. Also, just want to note, while the girls were sitting down on her couch and they were about to talk about Jamal, I just want to say Candace looks so gorgeous with minimal makeup. And I don't know if anyone's noticed that, but I totally noticed that in this episode. Like, Candace. You look so gorgeous without all the crazy makeup that you wear, which it's not crazy, but I hope that you get what I'm saying. You are gorgeous. You don't need as much makeup as you put on, but if you like it and it makes you feel great, then keep fucking doing what you're doing. I'm just saying that you look great without it too. That was my PSA. So Candace then asked Giselle, what's up with you and Jamal? And then Giselle We're not good and then du and then it's a commercial. They always fucking do that. They're ah they're so great. When we get back to the episode now, Giselle saying that the distance is getting to him. Um, I don't know. Pastor Holy Horror, I'm not down with your excuses. Listen, you need to go repent, you know, fucking do all that shit because I'm not buying your shit. I'm not buying what you're selling. I still don't like Jamal. Candace thinks, well, you know what? Maybe he could be doing this whole break thing because of how all of the shit went down in last year's reunion, which basically is probably the reason why they're not working out because he's probably so goddamn embarrassed that he's an asshole. And now all of America knows that he's an asshole. So he doesn't want to deal with it because he's an asshole. (laughs) He's an I don't like him. I really don't. Ugh. And we all know who put Jamal on blast at that reunion. Receipt Monique and then Karen the hater. <laughs> so Giselle was like, I'm not good with Karen and basically neither is Candace. And then we got the shade professor Giselle saying to Candace that Ray doesn't even love her anymore and that she doesn't even love Ray's ding dong. She's getting it. She is get- I'm taking notes Giselle. Thank you. <laughs> And then you got Candace and Giselle. They're saying a lot of stuff that can be said about Karen. So they got a lot of shit on her. So if they want to reveal it to make her look bad, Candice is waiting for the day. And she's like, Giselle, when you do that, just call me up. Let me be there. I wonder if she would add to it. I wouldn't be surprised because we all know Candace has a mouth. So so this is basically going to be a huge story this season. The demise of a friendship uh, of... Karen and Giselle and maybe with Candace. I don't know. She's just sort of like a little thrower in her. I think the the big storyline with a friendship is going to be with Karen and Giselle because they've known each other so long. So that'll be an interesting an interesting thing to see this season. Then we go to the Huger household and Karen and Ray are talking about renewing their vows. So they're talking about the vows but then you have Karen bringing up Giselle about inviting guests and Ray kind of wants to keep it small amount of people at this celebration because of COVID Karen doesn't seem down with that you can see her face on it she's like what the fuck she's the grand dame she needs grand dame she needs not 50 guests she needs 50 million guests because she's like Ramona she needs to have her 50 closest girlfriends there so Karen's basically telling Ray that she doesn't really have any hope with Giselle being a better person to her. So she's shading her and says, You know what? I don't have any hope for Giselle, all this kind of shit. She she has relationships with people only on her phone. She can't even have real people in her life. She says something like that. I don't remember verbatim but I also found it funny through this whole scene. They're trying to go through their clothes and shit to donate. Did not anyone notice that she only put one fucking shirt in the bag? Did anyone else see that? Because I was sitting there and I was like, are you kidding me? Just one shirt? <laughs> like what, uh, what is this? Oh, I thought that was funny. Now, whilst this is all happening, all of the girls are getting that exotic text. Nude interlude invite from Dr. Wendy. Four degrees, haven't heard that yet, but uh, we've only had one episode. It was hilarious that Ray's like, let me get my glasses out. Let me get my glasses. And Karen's like, no, you're not going to see this. Can you play it again? Ray, oh my God, what is this? That was uncomfortable, but it was also funny at the same time. Then we see Wendy going to the doctor with Eddie because she's got to get a checkup on her new tatas. Which is basically why she's having the nude interlude party. She wants to show the girls her tits. Okay, that's all that she says. But let's just be real. I'm pretty sure she got a new ass too because she got junk in the trunk. She did not have it before last season. And they even showed that on the episode. Rewind it back because you'll see it. But she's she's not going to tell us. She's not going to tell us because the producer's already asked. And she's like, you know, if I did have any other work done, I would be glad to tell you. But then she had this face like, "Mm," and I'm like, what are you saying? I don't like this, but I'm intrigued. And why are you doing this to my soul, Dr. Wendy? (laughs) So checkups good. Check after that. We go to a juice shop with Robin and Juan, and they're kind of talking about the future and how Juan's kind of turned off by Robin at this point because she always gets up super late. It's usually after 10 a.m. She takes the boys to get Chick-fil-A for lunch. They're not eating healthy, or at least this past week that they didn't, according to the show. And he's saying, you know what, Robin? You don't really do anything. You don't start your day until 2 p.m. It's a turnoff. I don't like it. Producers are asking Robin, when are you and Juan finally going to get married? We've said that so many times. And you know what? She's honest and she says, you know what? A pandemic has hit. So I'm here with my kids. Virtual learning, that's the thing. They're building a home. It's a lot of shit she's dealing with. Give her a break. Let her breathe. She's burnt out, which is the reason why she's sleeping in a lot. She's just got a lot of shit going on. In my mind, I'm like, could she I don't know, could she be going through a depressed state right now? I I mean, I know a lot of people have gone through that throughout this pandemic because there's not really much to do. You can't really go anywhere, at least during this part of the recording, because I think we were all still on lockdown maybe, or it was very, very restricted. So in my mind, I was like, maybe she got to a point where she just became depressed. And I think that's completely normal at this point throughout this pandemic, because I do know that a lot of people have gone in that state of mind. Juan then brings up that he wants to have more children and he wants to have girls. And he's like, "Uh, you can't be sleeping in until 10 a.m. if we have more children. But here's the thing, and I love Juan. Everyone knows that I love me some Juan Dixon because I am so glad Juan Dixon is here, honey, okay? I think it's very unfair for him to say that shit to Robin That is putting so much pressure on her with the children thing, okay? And she, he said something. He's like, well, you're 41. First of all, I don't even know why you said that, but I kind of understand. But I just don't think it's right. I think it's very unfair that you're trying to put her in a position. Obviously, her mental state of mind right now is not of the whole children thing. She's trying to figure out her shit. Let her do that and stop There's so much pressure on her that you don't even understand because you're a dude. And it just pissed me off and I didn't like it. And I usually love Juan. I love him so much. But that moment made me so upset. And I was just like, you need to get off Robin's ass, okay? Let her live. Let her get through this. Support her. Support her. That's what you're supposed to do. We go back to Candace's house and she is doing the stepmom thing and... Helping with the homework, even though her stepson's really helping her stepdaughter with the homework, she's not really doing. (laughs) Even though she's getting a master's, she's getting an MBA from Hampton. Was it Hampton? I don't know. where. Wait, where is she going? I know that Hampton University was brought up at the end of the episode because that's where Giselle went, but I can't remember if that's where Candace is going now. But I just thought that was funny that it was hard for her to do that math problem, so... I'm surprised she's not friends with Mia. Me. I mean, Mia was with Karen introduced to the group, but whatever. <laughs> uh, the producers are then asking Chris and Candace if they're ever going to have kids. And Candace was like, yeah, maybe. And then they also said, well, you can't wear a condom when you're trying to have a kid. And she's like, yeah, I just don't trust penises. Which, listen, you know what, Candace? Now, I know I don't love you, but. Listen, I, I, I support you on that. It it I feel the same way sometimes. So I feel... I get you. I see you. We see each other at this point. So, finally we get to the nude party. The nude interlude. In fucking Baltimore. What the fuck, Dr. Wendy? You live so far fucking away. And this is great. Giselle being the shade monster that she is. It's fun shade. This is fun shade. It's not like mean. <laughs> She's like, man, I know that Wendy was from Nigeria but I didn't know that she lived in Nigeria like what the fuck Wendy you live so far away from Potomac like bitch what the what's wrong with you (laughs) and then she says she says that she got stuck in customs because she's not even greeting her at the door (laughs) oh my god I forgot that part. That was so funny. Oh, she's stuck in custom. She didn't even greet me at the door at her house. Giselle was mad. Wendy, you better, you better take that. Take notes, honey. Make sure you do another party. Well, I don't even know if the girls will show up because you're so fucking far away from where they are. So after Giselle arrives, Robin gets there and they're in their nude interlude apparel and Giselle's like, come over to the table. Come over to the table. And then they're looking at the uh, the name tags of where everyone's supposed to sit. And then they're like, Robin, Giselle, Mia. And then Robin's like, who's Mia? And then she, Giselle, I don't know that bitch. Do you know this bitch? Like, who's this bitch? So they're trying to find out who's this bitch because they think that it's Dr. Wendy's friend. When in fact, it's Kurt. Kurt, Yuger, Kurt. I miss that part of Ashley. You know what I mean? I mean, motherhood is a thing for her for sure. As it is for everyone, I'm assuming. Again, I'm not a mom. I don't know. But I miss the old Ashley when she was really into the. Mm, I'm gonna get you, get you, shade, 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 potster, potster. I'm sure it's gonna come back. I just don't think that we'll see it maybe this season, but maybe in the future. I'm hoping that it's gonna come back because she's fucking great at it. So after we find out about this mysterious woman named Mia, we see that her and Karen are in fact going in the car to Wendy's place together because Karen and Mia are friends. Who, who to thunk it? My question is this, though. Were they really friends in life naturally before the whole show thing happened? I have a feeling no. Okay, and here's why. Mia's younger, and I think Karen sometimes feels maybe not threatened by... No, because Candace is young, too, and so is Monique. But the way that this Mia chick carries herself... I just don't see Karen. like I feel like she's carrying herself the grand way. And our real grand is not going to have that shit. So I have a feeling, which I could be wrong, that they weren't really friends before the show. So there's that. Even though she says we share accountants or business, blah, 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 blah. I don't buy it. Karen's telling Mia what to expect from the women. Oh, Giselle. X, Y, and Z, Candace, I want to see what she's doing, Robin, just telling her about the girls and what to expect. It's interesting, this was some good shade, thrown by Wendy, by the way, yes, Dr. Wendy, she is also, it seems to be that she is also attending Shade University with Professor Giselle Bryant because she did a great job with this as well. Wendy and Karen met up a few days, I guess, before her nude interlude party. And Karen was like, I have this friend, Mia. Can she come? Wendy's like, "Okay," (laughs) And then they were just talking about we got to move on. I want to start over. Blah, 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 blah. Misunderstanding. And Wendy basically just says, (laughs) you know, Karen, we're just from different times Oh, that was so, oh, they're so good. It was so good. Karen made this face. It was a grand dame. Um, what the fuck face? <sighs> Wendy's going to that shade university. It's good. I haven't seen you in class, Wendy, but I'm looking for your ass. So the rest of the girls are arriving. Wendy's telling the ladies that Candace isn't coming because she's sick, quote unquote, then Robin's like, I don't think she's coming because Karen, I don't think she wants to deal with you right now. I don't think she's ready to face you. So is that the truth? Maybe. But why? Like if she doesn't want to face, I don't know. Candace, be a, be a big girl. You're, you're well 48 now. Come on now. Isn't that what Giselle said? You're well 48 years old now. Be able to do that shit. Come on now. (laughs) Giselle asks Wendy, this is before Mia and Karen get there great shade moment. Love it. Good quote of the week, if I say so myself. Um, She says, yeah, Wendy, is this, is Mia your friend? Wendy's like, no, this is Karen's, (laughs) Karen's friend. And then Giselle's like, oh, okay, good. Karen needs friends. Yes. Yes. Giselle, this is why you're always going to be on the show. You are quick. You are quick with it, honey. Robin will always be on the show because she is your kick-ass sidekick and y'all get in trouble together and it's great it's good trouble and I love it and this is why they're going to be on the show forever uh also because I fucking love them they're my faves and I want them on the show forever (laughs) Ashley too because I really like Ashley well fuck I like hair come on just leave them all on bring back Monique please bring back Sharice and Katie like come on Karen finally gets there with Mia, fashionably late, in their fucking sequin long-ass gown. Like, what the fuck? Are you Cinderella going to, like, a ball? You're going to someone's house in Baltimore. Like, seriously? So Giselle's automatically fired up because she's thinking that Karen should basically be kissing her ass as soon as she gets in the door because she's talking shit about Giselle and her family, Jamal, as well. And she's like, you know what, Karen? You've known me for 10 plus years you see my children grow up. You're slandering my name and shit with all this stuff. Like, bitch, you're a bitch. But uh, Karen didn't do any of that. Giselle says, this is a great quote, too. She says, says, this is referring to Karen. She should have run up to me and said, I lost my mind. I bumped my head. I was mad because Ray don't love me. (laughs) Thank you, Giselle. Yes, love it. Vow renewal. We'll see if that happens. It's usually the kiss of death. That's what Andy said last reunion. So then we find out, who is this Mia bitch? She introduces herself to the ladies and, of course, us, the viewers. We find out that she has three kids, all different ages. She has four fucking grandkids. Damn. Uh... And I only say that because of her age. Oh, but wait, we don't really know her age because she doesn't know how to do math. Good for you. Oh, my God. That literally made me cringe. I couldn't understand it. That also was funny. And I'm like, seriously, what? What? Her husband is apparently 38 years older than her. And then... It was the whole, so are you 30? Like, what? Oh, no, I'm 30. No, he's 30 years. Like, what is it, honey? Do you not know the age difference between you and your husband? I mean, Erica Jane does. And she's not even with him anymore. Just saying. So the girls were making fun of her for that. Which, rightfully so. Like, come on. Get your shit together. You should know shit. (sighs) So... I'm trying to feel her out. I'm not really... This wasn't enough time for me to really make a, a full assessment on her yet. Uh, the episode kind of winds down by Wendy introducing the ladies, you know, because it was a nude interlude party, honey. So she wanted the ladies to meet Happy and Ness. Her two titties, her two new titties, okay? So she wanted to show the girls her new bod because she's proud of it which cool rightfully so you do you talking to them about this is the first time I've been able to do something for me I've breastfed all my children you know I wanted to do this for me feel good about myself blah 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 (laughs) all the girls were like yes girl you do you fucking look fabulous and then Robin's like so you're gonna tell us about your ass too why she doesn't admit anything. She's like, "I got some tweaks. I got my breast done, but I got some tweaks." And then everyone's like, "What the fuck did you have done?" And she just didn't want to reveal. She's like, "I got some tweaks." She got her ass done. Let's just be real. Get that before and after photo. You'll be able to see it. Unless that photo that they showed with her in that like nude fucking Spanky looking thing, it did it not look like there was like an ass like pillow behind it, if you will. Like an ass cushion. Because those are things. Don't people buy those nowadays sometimes? I wouldn't know because I actually have an ass. So I'm usually not wanting to buy those things. But uh, I don't know. Could it have been fake? I'm not sure. So then after that, Mia comes in and says all the work that she's had done which is basically everything in the book. She even had her clit worked on. And I'm like, what the fuck? All the women are like, what the fuck? Are you saying like, bitch, what? Kind of judging her uh, in their mind, but basically in their confessionals because we all hear that shit. They're like, what? Well, this bitch is crazy weird. And uh, I don't really know. I don't even know if I'm ever going to know who she really is because she basically got everything on her b- worked on. So, uh, uh. I don't know. She's a walking Barbie doll at this point. And to be honest, I think she has a face like Brandi Glanville. She does, which means that she's probably had a lot of work done on her face, which she said. She's got a lot of fillers, got a lot of Botox. (sighs) We'll see. I'm still, I'm still assessing. I'm still assessing. Wendy says that Candace is sick to the ladies, so they let them all know that she's not coming. (sighs) And uh, then Wendy's like, I just want us to collectively be in a good place as women. And then you got Giselle. Shade monster. Yes, honey. Uh, That's never going to happen. And then all of a sudden, it's a to-be-continued episode. Why? Because Giselle's throwing Karen under the bus. And Karen's throwing Giselle under the bus. Giselle's saying, well, Karen and I are not friends. And we will never be friends. So this is never going to happen. And then... Usually it's a great thing whenever we see the Karen Giselle fight because those are always epic and great for my life. However, this was confusing at the end and I need to know more. And if any of Yin's guys know, please reach out to me because I need to be clued in because maybe I'm dumb as fuck. I don't know. But Karen says to Giselle that she is a broken whore from Hampton University and that's why we went to Sing Sing. What the fuck does that mean? Can someone tell me what that means? I need to know what this means. Like, this is insane. This this already. Oh, listen, this season is going to be intense for many different reasons. Obviously, the drama with Giselle and Karen, that's going to be huge. I think the pregnancy with Ashley is going to be like a minor thing, but it's not it's not going to be like the drag me Monique plot. It's just not going to be the most highlighted. I think it's going to be Karen and Giselle. And I also think it's just going to be Mia and how she interacts with the group. So I think those are going to be the two big storylines. I think unless there's some crazy ass talk with Ray and Karen and like cheating anything. I'm not saying anything is happening. I know nothing. I'm just thinking in terms of the show about what the basic storyline is going to be. I think it's going to be Karen and Giselle and their friendship and where it's going. And Mia And if we like the bitch. So let me know Yin's guys' opinion about your thoughts on the first episode. I'd love to hear it. And, um... You know, thank you so much for listening. I always appreciate Yin's guys' ears. Uh, for those of you who are new, welcome, welcome to the fam. And uh, tell your friends about the show. And for those who have been sticking with me since I started, Yin's guys are awesome. All of Yin's guys are awesome. Thank you again. Please tell your people to listen to the show like subscribe please subscribe on itunes and please give me a rating and rate me five stars and please give me a comment if you got some shit you want to say like kim you're an idiot go ahead do it i want to see the shit but say nice shit you know what i mean but again follow me on instagram at bravo yinzer yinzer spelled y-i-n-z-e-r follow us at believe podcasts and at believe pop culture that's believe b-l-e-a-v i hope you guys have a kick-ass day I'll see you in next Tuesday and have a great week. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.